Welcome back to Lindsay Live. Thank you for joining us today as we continue our discussion on cognitive lift. For those of you just joining us, cognitive lift means performing the majority of explaining, making connections, and addressing questions during written work and discourse. Guadalupe Alvarez is a content level 8 learning facilitator at the Reagan Learning Community. She has recently implemented some new strategies designed to shift the cognitive lift in her learning environment from herself to her learners. Ms. Alvarez is here with us today, along with three of her learners, Edgar Leal, Monse Gutierrez, and Areli Granados. Thank you all so much for being here today. Why don't we start by describing the strategy you've been working with? Ms. Alvarez, can you walk us through the process and explain how it works? All right. We started tackling a new concept in math. It was a new standard. And to start off with the unpacking, we tried a cognitive lift strategy where learners were giving a task and a prompt, and they were asked to work together collaboratively to solve and teach themselves. We all got in groups, and then we, we started to answer the questions together, and then we presented at the end. We, we wrote our strategies and everything on a poster, and we put it on the board. When other people were presenting, the other people were just listening, and because we didn't have a teacher there telling us what to do, we had to make sure that we, we followed their steps to see how ours were different and how they compared, and so we could learn from them. And then at the end of the presentation, we asked questions, and we said if we agreed with them. While you're watching these presentations, do you ever disagree with what's being presented? And what happens when you see a classmate struggling or presenting something that they might not understand the same way you do? We would ask them how they got that, and then they would show us and clarify for us. And then we'll tell them what we did, and then, then they would figure out what they did wrong. Do you find that these disagreements and discussions help you gain a deeper understanding of the content? So I noticed as an LF when I informally assessed my learners that some of the learners that didn't have the concept at first, they had built strong connection to the standard towards the end of the presentation. So their thinking and their thought process had completely changed from the beginning. I know this process demands a lot from the learners, and when you first introduced it, it didn't exactly go as smoothly as hoped. Can you share with us some of the struggles that you faced in the early stages? So I guess one of the first things that we struggled with was kind of our culture. My learners are amazing, but they weren't used to this cognitive lift process, and they weren't used to collaborating in this fashion. So we had a lot of behaviors that came about. So we had to kind of take a step back and establish our culture so that the behaviors that were occurring um, because they were more social than they were academic, so that those behaviors were corrected within their groups. They also kind of avoided being uncomfortable. And if the task was really hard, they kind of started to shut down or, or they were shy, and they didn't want to talk about their thinking or their thought process because they were really afraid of being wrong. What are some specific steps that you took to build a positive culture where learners can allow each other to take those risks, to receive feedback and openly discuss things that may be uncomfortable or challenging for them. We started off by looking at our code of collaboration and instead of attacking the entire code at once, we started to piece and section it off. So we started off because the biggest thing in our learning environment this year was self-discipline and so we chunked it out and we started to work on self-discipline. 
we were also working on leadership where we want to at least stand up for ourselves and become leaders and showing the little kids how to be independent and doing things that other people haven't done. Yasmin and Ian helped me with creating a rubric where learners scored themselves at the end of each task and just kind of helped redirect learners and helped redirect some of the behaviors that they were experiencing. And it helped kind of them focus on the task at hand. And then also we really had to look at the task and narrow it down so that it was meaningful. When the task was presented, learners really, really understood what it was asking and what it wasn't asking them to do. It helps us Re redirect ourselves and reflect on what we're doing wrong. We all got more comfortable with each other and we started to be more collaborative. How important is strategically grouping presentation teams to the establishment of that culture? She let us choose friends that we thought would help us out and not just random people that we wouldn't talk to usually. I look at a variety of data like SBAC scores, their SRI, and I try to ensure that everyone within a group can help each other out so that everybody's collaboratively working with one another. But sometimes I have to then take a step back and pull back and I have to make those adjustments so like um, Edgar just said, so that it's somebody that they are comfortable working with. So sometimes I have to allow them to pick their grouping and then I have to check and adjust to ensure that everybody's needs are met within the group. And then sometimes if things are not working at all, then I have to just pull that learner out so that I can ensure that the rest of the group is successful. So I always have to factor in their social emotional learning as well. Within those groups, what do you do to ensure that the cognitive lift is distributed evenly so that you don't have one strong learner pulling the majority of the weight while the others sit back? When learners tackled the task, they were given group roles. So we had two presenters, one timekeeper, a leader, and a recorder. But even the recorder and even the timekeeper had to know what they were tackling in the task because when they went up to present, any of the students could ask them questions and they would need to respond or they would need to know how the group worked through the task together. Nobody became an observer and we all knew, so when we were asked questions, we knew what to say because we were studying the task. And we all have a certain thing to do, and then also like we can focus on what our job is and what like we have to do. If someone's doing some, like a part of the problem and someone else disagrees and thinks they're wrong, the other person would show them what they did wrong and give the other person a better understanding about what they're doing. Well, it's like a learning experience because we don't have the teacher telling us, oh, you did this wrong, or, and she's going to tell you because we're, we're learning from our classmates, and so we're able to ask questions to seek clarification. What happens when you see one of your groups hitting a wall or struggling with a particular obstacle? Some of the resources that learners have at their disposal is their notebook. So we do do some note-taking prior to starting a task, just kind of un we disaggregate the standard. Learners also have technology, and so they have the ability to pull out their devices since we're a one-to-one -one district. And I do give one person in each group the ability to have technology to help support their group. And then we just kind of try and provide those guiding questions without giving the answer away. Um, to kind of prompt their thinking and keep them on track.
This is where patience comes in. I know none of us like to watch while our learners struggle, and it can be tempting from time to time to just jump in and make the problem go away. But how do you hold back? So I always tell them that um, if I tell you, you're not going to remember it as much as if you learn it. Right, guys? I'm always trying to kind of actively listen to what's going on. I tell them that I have sonic hearing, and I'm just kind of listening into the groups and assessing what misconceptions they have or what things that they know, and just kind of taking some notes so that I can provide them with mini lessons the following day or um, during their station rotation hour to kind of help clarify some of those ideas. How do you get your learners comfortable not only presenting, but also to be willing to ask questions and engage in a discussion from the audience? So I guess it took us a couple of tries um, for our learners to kind of see what a presentation looked like and to kind of understand and to hear what it sounded like or what it needed to sound like. Um, So then we kind of switched over to some sentence frames with the accountable talk. And we used a pom-pom as a talking chip. So the group that was up at the front presenting had two set of pom-poms. And whenever somebody had a question, they raised their hand. They tossed the fluffalo, the pom-pom, to that particular learner. So that learner had the floor. um, And they knew that that person was going to be asking the question and they were going to be answering. It stops everyone from just blurting out their answers or their thoughts. Everyone is listening to them when they're saying what they think. Just like a teacher, she needs your specific attention. I think it makes you more comfortable when the attention's on you because now you're focusing and there's not a teacher there to help you clarify, so you have to clarify on your own, and it's better when they can hear you and understand your question so that they can answer it for you or because you're just learning from them. I think it gives the learners that are presenting some more some accountability as well uh, because they know that they're in control of who they're passing the fluffalo to. So they're also making those decisions on who they're going to allow to answer them questions. And so they're, they're not necessarily just picking their friends, but they're picking other learners within the learning environment. And they know that they have to be ready to answer that question or that their peers need to be ready to answer that question as well. Every now and then we get a learner who goes up to present and they're super confident. They know they have the right answer, right? But in reality, they don't quite have as strong a grasp on the concept as they think they have. How do you redirect the conversation to help that learner get back on track without just correcting them or providing an answer? So when they started presenting, um, I actually walked around the room and I picked groups that were intentionally wrong to go first because when they were presenting their thought process, learners within the, the learning environment were asking questions to them to clarify. And so you could tell that with the questioning that they were asking, some of them were going, oh, and so they were kind of understanding where they made their mistakes or where their thought process went wrong. Um, And so then as they presented throughout, the stronger groups then presented at the end. And by the time it got to the end, they were really solid in their answer because they had observed how other groups had gone through the process. Learners, do you ever change an answer or change your presentation based on what you see other learners presenting? Yes, because it's a learning. They're learning from everyone else. So so you can just modify your, your presentation because 
you learn from it. It's not like you were copying from them. You learn from them, and then you, you're going to go present it. When that happens, do you still share the initial misunderstanding as part of your process? So I, I observed that they did share it because they're, what they did is you guys just talked about you modified your paper. So they went up there with the wrong answer, but you could tell where they modified. And so I saw my other learners asking for clarification. Why was your answer on the left-hand side of the paper this, but then it changed to this? And so learners kind of had to explain how the first time through they might not have come up to the same answer, but after they saw a couple of different presentations, they then modified their presentation to kind of reflect their new learning. Since you started using this strategy, have you noticed improvements in achievement or understanding? So as a learning facilitator, I observed that more of the groups were walking away with solid, solid foundations versus when I teach regularly, and then we still have questions or I give them a CFA or I give them an exit ticket and you know half the class didn't understand when they did this together when they truly did this together they were really solid in this concept and then when I assessed them their data showed or reflected the same thing well the learners are carrying the cognitive lift in this learning environment and the benefits are evident Guadalupe Alvarez Edgar Leal Monse Gutierrez and Areli Granados thank you guys for joining me on the podcast today it's been great talking to you thank you for having thank us for it having was a us. pleasure to be here and thank you for listening don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud so you won't miss out on all the great strategies and discussion coming your way next time on Lindsay Live Lindsay Live